Now entering Nerdist.com. True it. With a guy named Kevin. True it. And this other guy, Steve. True it. From the TV and the movies. And now this podcast stream. True it. They're gonna get chewy. True it. They might even get me. True it. But they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Mm, 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 mm. Delicious. Wow. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Lemmy. And on behalf of Kevin Heffernan, I'd like to welcome you to a new episode of Chewing It with Kevin and Steve. And ooh-wee, what a great episode we have for you today. But before I get into it, I want to give a shout-out to a very special person to me. And it's a birthday shout-out to Kevin Heffernan. That's right. It was Kevin's birthday this past weekend. Happy birthday, Kev. I love you. We love you. Our lives are better for knowing you. You hear that? I got all schmoopy there for a second. But really, Kevin is like, Kevin is, he just gets better with age, like a fine, fine cheese. You know? And, and, and not like one of those mild cheeses, like an American cheese or, or a Swiss cheese or something like that. No, he's like one of those stinky cheeses. You know? Like, like a Gruyere. You know, or a Munster. I don't even know. There are way stinkier cheeses than those, and he's one of those, one of those French, Frenchy ones. You know, like the French, like the that they just like. Mm, oh no, yeah, we, oui, me, we, oui, we, oui, we. Oui. This is stinky cheese, right? But Hen Heffernan is the stinkiest of all. And wouldn't you just love to see a bunch of Frenchies tackle uh, a little a wheel of Heffernan cheese? You know, ah, goodness gracious, sacre bleu, there's just so much of it, I, I cannot finish this. Oui, I know, Jacques, I am stuffed as well, uh, very full, very full, but it's delicious, very good, divine cheese. Mm. So anyway, happy birthday to Kevin. Um, okay, moving right along, because we got a lot of stuff to talk about here before we get into this episode. Tour dates, all right, our tour kicks off today. That's right. Today, uh, Wednesday, May 29th, we are in Baltimore, Maryland at the Auto Bar. Okay? So if you're in the Baltimore area, come check us out. We are going to rip the roof off this joint. And we're going to have a meet and greet after the show and say hi to everyone. We do this every show. So it's, uh, well, I say it's not a special thing. It is a special thing because we, we love to meet our fans. So tonight, May 29th, Baltimore, Maryland at the Auto Bar. Okay, the rest of this week looks like this. May 30th, Arlington, Virginia at the Arlington Draft House. May 31st, Friday night, Boston, Massachusetts, Beantown. We're going to be at the Royale, Boston. Saturday, June 1st, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Underground Arts. And then closing it out on Sunday, June 2nd, Brooklyn, New York. Yo, Brooklyn. Oh, at the Bell House. Okay, there's five nights this week. For tickets... You can go to www.heffernanlemmy.com. It's our two last names put together. And all our tickets and dates are there. And also you can go to our Facebook page, which is the Heffernan Lemmy. Heffernan Lemmy in Facebook. And, uh, and get all dates and tickets there. There's a link there. Um, okay. Moving right along. For the rest of June, we're going to hit the Midwest. Okay. June 19th in Kansas City, Missouri. Casey Moe. At the Riot Room, June 20th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at the Miramar Theater. June 21st, 
Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, the Windy City at the Abbey Pub. June 22nd, Saturday night, Des Moines, Iowa, shucking some corn at Woolies. And then Sunday, June 23rd, we're going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at a place called Mill City Nights. So come check it out. Those are a total of 10 dates. Tickets, again, at www.heffernanlemmy.com or also our Facebook page, Heffernan Lemmy. Okay, and uh, in case you're clamoring uh, for a show and you're not in one of these areas, we are building our tour schedule. We have added some Pacific Northwest shows now in July. We're going to be in San Fran, Seattle, Portland, and Vancouver, eh? And we will just, I think in the next week, we're going to figure out exactly which dates and the locations, and we will announce those, okay? But uh, and, and, and check into our website or our Facebook page for the latest updates. Okay, we also have um, a new web series out. It's called The Adventures of Fatty and Taddy, and it's about it's, – it's based on a true story. It's about uh, a, a fellow who is covered from head to toe in tattoos. You know, he's a little, little insecure guy, and, um, and his life with his uh, best friend, a big, fat, uh, overbearing, obnoxious, stubborn dick whose birthday it just was. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's called The Adventures of Fatty and Taddy, but you can probably guess who plays who. And that is on the Loud channel on YouTube. And actually, there's a new episode out today. Um, episode 2 of The Adventures of Fatty and Taddy. So the Loud channel, you can go to youtube.com slash loud to find The Adventures of Fatty and Taddy, or you can hit our website again, heffernandlemmy.com for a direct link to that. Um, it's funny. We, uh, we shot six episodes. We're going to shoot six more really soon. And, uh, we had a good time doing that. So, uh, come check it out and, uh, we hope you enjoy that new episode today and every Wednesday. Okay. Moving right along. Social media. God, there's a lot of this stuff. We're on Twitter. I'm at Steve Lemmy. Kevin's at Heffernan Rules. We also have an Instagram site. We, we always forget to talk about it, but we've got a little Instagram site that we're trying to build. It's Hefford and Lemmy, and uh, we post a lot of photos of life on the road and, uh, you know, just um, just palling around with each other, okay? So, uh, so come follow us because we've only got like 150 uh, Instagram followers because we never talk about it, and uh, they're really seeing some amazing, amazing photos, okay? All right. Today's episode. This guy really needs no introduction. I know you looked at the description on the episode, so you know who it is. It's our good friend Bill Paxton. He's a Hollywood legend. We had the pleasure of working with him in in Club Dread, and he is a great guy, a great friend, and unbelievably talented. He's been in some of the biggest movies of all time, and he's worked with some of the, the greatest directors of all time, okay? I mean, some of the movies, just to name a, a couple, uh, Weird Science is where we got to know him as Chet. He's been in Aliens. Uh, he was in uh, the Titanic. He was in Tombstone with, you know, Sam Elliott and, uh, and, and Kurt Russell, a couple of my man crushes. He was in Apollo 13. He was in Twister. He was in A Simple Plan, which is just... Uh, an amazing movie, um, of course, Club Dread, and uh, he was in the TV show, uh, the TV series Big Love, and he is in the upcoming All You Need Is Kill with Tom Cruise. Um, a great guy. We have a great time with him. We have so many good laughs uh, during during this podcast that uh, we actually decided to split the episode up into two parts. 
because we went on and on with this guy. Okay, so you're going to hear part one today. And then uh, next Wednesday, we'll give you the second half of the episode. But uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we did, because this guy is just a force to be reckoned with. Okay, so thanks for checking out our podcast, and I hope that wasn't too much information. But with no further ado, let's go with Bill Paxton. Is that right with you? And how's the tour going? Good. Yeah, good. We, uh, we're going to do 15 cities in the next month, so Ooh, out of yeah. the road. It's good. Uh, we, shot a, we shot a special last year. In San Francisco. Just came out. Yeah. It's on, the, it's on Netflix. It's good. You know what Netflix is, right? Yes. God. Am I going to have to do this the whole fucking <laughs> Well, now this is, yeah, this is, and th- I want to talk about this. Let, let's start recording because I want to okay, talk sorry, about this okay. stuff. Okay. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Heffernan. And Steve Lemmy. And, and welcome to Chewing It. Chewing It. So we're going to chew for a little bit. Yeah, let's do some chewing. Let's bring the guest in to chew. Go ahead. You chew too, guest. We're not hey, going to reveal, reveal who you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Before Can we do before some jelking as yeah, well. Yeah, so jelking and some chewing. We're going to jelk. Jelking is a good daily habit, I think. Tell us what jelking is. <laughs> I don't really know what it is. I don't know. We're, we're going to get into it. Kevin, I've been meaning to talk to you about this because, like, you make this big mystery about who the guest is, yeah. and yet it's on the thing that people click. That's and the also, part about it, though. Like, two seconds ago in the preamble yeah. where one of us gets on this week, by the way, it was me. Okay, and says mm-hmm. we say who our guest is. So there's no fuck. There's no mystery here. And that's the funny part of it, though. You think it's a comedy? That's comedy. Oh, it? It, is it? Yeah, I don't know. He can still chew, though. He is okay. So our guest is is the one. Well, here, see if you can guess. Yeah, you his chew, do some chewing like this. Yeah, do that. Or however, do however you chew. Oh, he's got a slow. Oh, chew. you're a slow chewer. He's from Texas. That's why. I, I chew kind of slowly. Yeah. He's got a drawl. Of he's a got chew. a drawl, and he's got like a tobacco chew. I almost choked a couple times in my life, and so I chew very slowly. Oh, and a hundred times? Each piece of meat, you chew it a hundred times? No, it was on some seaweed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when they wrap that sushi, boy, that stuff will kill you. You know, in fact, actually, we had Carrie Clifford, who uh, is one of our guests, or yeah. was one of our guests, and who's in our Fatty and Tatty. Yeah. Web series and a good friend of ours said she was at a sushi restaurant um, last Monday and in a strip mall, and she said she saw you eating at the sushi bar by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't having any of the sushi that's wrapped with the seaweed. That's okay. for damn sure. Because you know, I choke on it. I didn't. Mean, you're, you know what? Your face. Isn't that, is, it's kind of a lonely story, isn't it? Just kind of sitting. And I felt in bad a, in a mini mall, sitting in a little sushi deal, kind of by it's himself. Five star, the five fe- star restaurant. I, by himself. I feel know, bad. As, your face horrible. got a little red as I said it, and I that's what, I feel like I caught you by surprise with that. My face is red because I've been out in the sun. All yeah, day. yeah, that's what sure. it is. No, because sure. because you've been jelking so hard all day long. <laughs> yeah, top of my head's about to come, come off. <laughs> What, now tell us, jelking is a is a dick stretching exercise. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to to make your penis, bi- uh, you know, bigger, give it a little more girth. Girth? Yeah, that's what I hear. How? How? Uh, I, I don't know about any of this stuff. This is just something my is my, the word son, on the my son has been telling. I guess me that's about what the kids things. are doing. The young kids these days. Yeah. 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 Well, because you know, as we talk about, like, uh, you know. On the internet, there's porn and, and jacking. We just called it jacking off. When yeah, I was right. growing yeah. up. Yeah. Jelking. Jelking is what they call I it. Guess now. That's what they are. Let's give a proper intro to our man here. Okay. <laughs> we have with us uh, a, a Hollywood legend here. Legend. A legend. We have uh, grown up watching this fellow. We have worked with this fellow. We have jelked with this fellow. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Hold on a second. That wasn't me. This guy has starred in some of the, the biggest movies in history. True. You can't deny that. With some, and, and worked with some of the greatest... Name some of them. ...directors in history. Titanic. He was a Terminator. Okay. 
Aliens. Good Lord, it's come to Tombstone, this. Apollo 13. Come on. That's a, that's a heck of a resume right there. There's, there's more than Simple twi- plan. Twister, Apollo 13. Long time. Vertical Limit, which I bu- well, we're, we're going to talk about all this. It stuff. shows you that persistence pays off. It does. It does. Well, you have, an, you have an amazing story. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Thank you. Thank you. Additionally, I was going to say, besides working with some amazing directors, you've also directed a few great movies yourself and are moving into that field, which we will talk about. We'll talk about that, too. Is that okay? Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. Okay. What Uh, about the first time that you saw Bill Paxton in person? Well, uh, well, that was uh, was a while. Do you know that story, when we first saw you in person? No. Okay. We have. Uh, I have. I have a separate one from you. But, but we've got, oh, okay. Uh, I'll tell mine. Oh, do you tell yours? Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. So we're we were at. Uh, we told a story about in the past. We were at South by Southwest in 1997. South by Southwest oh. Film Festival. There you go. Yeah. Dude, Paxton is going to turn out to be our rowdiest, it's the best best bunch and a half. All right. So we're at there. We get invited to the premiere screening of a movie called Traveler. By the way, that burp smells. <laughs> you know what? What can did smell I have it. for lunch? Probably sushi. sushi. And a seaweed <laughs> on it by yourself. Oh, you're joking. God, by myself. Uh, <laughs> did you see his face? I usually, and, uh, like, to eat, I usually like to eat in the dark sure. in the nude, but uh, sure. sometimes I have to go out and get my food. Have you, wrong with that. Have you ever eaten on the toilet? <laughs> Isn't that what joking is? Oh, Jel- joking is that's a blumpy or something. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know. Okay. No. All right. So anyway, so I'm, South by Southwest, 1997. I promised Bill that this blumpkin. was a respectable. Podcast. I know. Let's be respectful. God. Uh, 1997. The movie is premiering. The Traveler. Yeah. You remember Traveler. it well. Yeah. We're uh, Lemmy Mark, and I with Bill and Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, right? And Lemmy and I uh, and Jay, we were at that festival with our first movie, Puddle Cruiser, and we went to that screening. And I remember sitting down in the bottom and then looking up when they introduced the movie. And there's Bill Paxson in the balcony. Mm-hmm. And he's got his feet up mm-hmm. on the balcony. Cowboy boots. Content. In cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. In his cowboy boots. And I'm like, yeah. holy cow. Here he is. Yeah. Texas guy. Pig and shit. Yeah. He's showing his movie. Mm-hmm. He's got his cowboy boots on. And flexing some muscle. I want to be that guy. Yeah. That's yeah. how I felt. We were looking up at you. We were like, holy shit, there's well, that's Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. They wanted us to introduce the film, to cut, walk down, and there wasn't really much of a stage there. And kind yeah. of walk down in front and introduce the movie. And uh, that's an old theater on Congress the Avenue, yeah. the Paramount yeah. Theater. And I went, I went a little bit early just to see what the setup was. And I looked up and I saw these great old balconies that came way around to the right. And yeah. I thought... What if I just stand up in the balcony and mm. introduce the film from there and the cast? I think I don't know who was with us. Was Julie? Ju- she, she was there. Julianne Ju- Margulies. Yeah, yeah. Julianne Margulies yeah. was there, and uh, and Mark- I think Luke Askew. I don't yeah. think Mark. And the guy was who was there. in um, that's who it is. Luke Askew. He, Luke he was Askew. Big Love. The guy in Big Love. He played Hollis yeah, Green. Right? Yeah, he played Hollis. Yeah, yeah great. Hollis Green. Great, great actor. Yeah. He, he passed last year. He was in a lot of great movies like yeah. uh, Easy Rider. Yeah, and. Uh, um, what's that? Always John played like a creepy film. kind of guy, though, right? I guess so. I guess so. There you go. There you go. I, hey, now we're Bill, talking. can I say it's not that type of podcast? <laughs> we talking about? We started joking. I know, we but we're, that's because Bill brought that in. Oh, we did. But, well, but, anyway, but anyway, okay. I introduced. Okay. Go I, on. I introduced the <laughs> film. I thought it would be a fun place to introduce the film from, and it really was. And then I thought, you know, usually people show up, they introduce their film, and then they split. Yeah. And I, I don't blame them. You know, you've you know, this was a movie I produced. Uh, God, I had to sit through the editing room with it and the whole thing. So I'd seen it, you know, a lot of times. Yeah. But this was the big premiere at South by Southwest. So 
I thought I'm going to sit here and I'm going to put my boots up. I'm going to lay back and put and put my boots up on the on the balcony railing. So during the film, people will be watching the film. They can look up and go, God, he's right there. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. boots. Mm-hmm. There's That's the, what we did. We were boots. those guys. Yeah. We were those guys. And I tell you, there was somebody else watching it that night who remembers this, the same story, and that was Robert Rodriguez. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Okay. And you worked with him again. Oh, Spy Kids you were, right? Yeah, just, I did a cameo yeah, yeah, yeah. with him. He's a yeah. great guy. I, guy. I got to know him originally through uh, Jim Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, He kind of sought out Jim's counsel at one point. Right. And, uh, oh, so he wasn't like, uh, you know, I was casting Spy Kids and I... I had that part for a guy with good boots, and I uh, keep thinking of you. <laughs> I don't think he talks like that. What he does today? I don't think he does today. <laughs> no, he grew up. He grew up in Texas. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He, his, his, his heritage is is Hispanic, but he, he's oh, not. He, he, he doesn't speak. So is Lemmy's. So is Lemmy's. Yeah, so he's like me. Yeah, exactly. Tell the uh, your first story. My that first, you met Paxson. Tell it, that story. And it was it was actually before. It was before that. It was before that yeah. chronologically. It was uh, when I was waiting tables in New York City at a restaurant called City Crab. And uh, you came in there. Get the out of here. It's true. It's true. True story. I waited tables. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I was uh, City Crab in New York City, 19th and Park. And you came in there with like a group of people. Like there was a, there's a rap. Like an entourage or something? No. Well, not. No, it was with a group, like a rap party for something oh, like I that. Oh, I see. I see. I think. And you. And, I thought you meant like a rap entourage. Yeah. Like he was Did a rap I come star, on like to hip-hop? you or, or <laughs> no, try you, to pick you up? No, you didn't. You, you like nodded at me. But Not you, you know, like kind of with that kind of knowing nod. Yeah, because you came upstairs and you were in your cowboy boots and very tight jeans. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, holy shit, that's Bill Paxton. I love this fucking guy. And you and you came in, say probably the same cowboy boots, and strut like. And if you had, I, I swear, how were, many years was this before we worked together on Club Dread? It would have to be ten, probably. It, it was probably uh, it was probably like six, okay. God, something oh like that. I remember City Crab. It was kind of down on Lexington, down in the yeah, it's in Park the, Park Avenue and Nineteenth. Oh yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah well, that's pretty good. Negative, There's only negative. like ten avenues in New York, so you're one in ten <laughs> shot there. <laughs> no, I do. I, weirdly enough, I do remember. Yeah. Where it, it was is. always kind of like uptown, no downtown. Yeah, 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 no, yeah downtown. They got crabs on the menu. There? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's in the city, the city, right? Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, all the bullshitting aside, I do remember. I'm sure. I remember where that restaurant. I remember you as a waiter. But I, I don't remember meeting you. <laughs> we didn't meet. Did, we didn't you, meet. did you guys didn't talk? Did you interact just, with him? We just shared a, a significant look. Perhaps? You didn't really look. You just nodded. It's amazing. It's amazing all the people in life that we have these moments with. Mm-hmm. Where we share that a uh, kind of a significant look, but we but right. never nothing ever happens from it. Yeah, as far but as you know, little did we know. Yeah, little did that we. that significant look turned into a love affair. Well, let's 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 hold up. Did you uh, did you guys interact at all? No, 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 no. What's we, your memory of Paxton? Was he a good tipper? Good tipper. I didn't wait on him. Okay. It was like a party right. at the bar. It was like a pre-party. It seemed like, and you walked by me like very. I was like. I understand now what it takes to be a movie star because you had confidence, like you had good posture, good you boots. had swagger, really? boots. yeah, two like brown suede boots, two of them on your suede. feet. Yeah, it seemed like suede or like dark rich. I, I just put on whatever my man lays man. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever Jeeves puts down for me. Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, but I like I you know I nod you nodded to me and, and uh, I was like holy sh- I was one all day I will work with that man. Yeah. I hope to see you in Hollywood, sir. What were you doing besides waiting tables at that point? Jelking. <laughs> well, besides that, I yeah. know you were doing that. I mean, you're Robert, still doing that. I am, yeah. I am. I'm just trying, I'm hoping something will happen down there. Um, that was it. And then we were, well, we had, we had made Puddle Cruiser, yep. our first movie, at this time. And uh, I had actually quit and come here to pursue, because we had sold it to a, a network to turn into a, um, a TV show. And then I had to come back to City Crab 
for another three years to wait tables again when that didn't happen. And so we were at this point, we were probably like a year away from making Super Troopers. And so, uh, so that was it. I was working with these guys, yeah, doing that kind of jelking, jelking, burping. Well, we, let's talk about like. Let's just fucking jump right into Club Dread. Oh my god! Let's just talk about Club Dread. <laughs> Club Dread was on television on. I it's guess, been HBO. all the time lately. It's been yeah. a lot. I guess about I don't know a week or two ago, and uh, I was channel surfing, and I, I came upon it, and so I thought, well, I knew we were going to get together and right. do this interview, so I thought, well, I better watch this again. God, just F- figure out who these guys are. Yeah, no, I can't remember. I just wanted to remember yeah. remember it. It's been a few years. Sure, now. sure. So that one stand. Did you did you enjoy it? I did enjoy did you laugh it. Your ass off I, I did, and I, I have to say, I, I loved Juan the Dive Master. Muchas <laughs> gracias. <laughs> and I loved Lars. And, and now you. all I, you know, I couldn't remember the characters' names or anything. Sure, but uh, I had a lot of fond memories. I, I, the, it's weird. I, I was looking for a job. I think I was on vacation. Yeah, I was on vacation, and I was in Cape. I was on Cape Cod. Yeah, and I'd rented an old cabin. It was like from like. I think it was like from the First World War. And I wanted my, my kids, uh, James and Lydia, they were about, oh, they were probably about seven and four at the time. Yeah. And I wanted them to have kind of a Cape Cod summer sure. experience. I'd, I'd gone to camp on the Cape as a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, I. Let me, come on, buddy, with the burping. I do remember that James, but, uh, James was way into crabs when he came to. Weird. That's a weird right. thing to say. That's he a was weird out thing to say. No. low tide. He's bringing these cat crabs. God, he was trying to keep them alive. They were just stinking <laughs> up the back porch of this place. It got so hot, we had to go to a movie just to get into some air conditioning. <laughs> right. And and I got a call from Brian Schwartzer, my agent, and he said, "Have you heard of these guys um, called Broken Lizard?" I said, "No. Who the hell are they?" <laughs> <laughs> he said that last week. And, uh, somebody and, too. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Club Club Dread came out and said, "What the fuck is this? Yeah. Broken lizard? Who the fuck well, is they, in this? They, they've got they did this movie uh, called Super Troopers, and so still nothing. They've got this movie and yeah. uh, still nothing. Yeah, still crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and I and I got a, and so uh, they uh, I remember watching it." On a little TV in this little cabin, and it must have been some you know old VHS, VHS player. Yeah, yeah. They sent me a copy of it, and I watched it, and I thought this is an incredible film. I mean, yeah. really, a, a great film. And I thought, God, Aww. it's so rare in these days, and this was ten years ago, that of of comedy teams. The idea of of comedy teams making records, making movies. Yeah. You know, I grew up with the Marx Brothers, um, another group that never really made films, but they were they were big. Uh, whereas the Firesign Theater, yeah. And I thought it's it, it was, it's such a cool thing, the idea that these guys got together, they write, they direct, they make their own movies. And I thought, well, that looks pretty cool. So I I, I called Brian and I said, you know, I'd like to I'd like to meet these guys and. Um, I don't even know if I read the script. Maybe I read a uh, script. Was there a script? There was a script. I, don't, I you, guess I, I read you the script. Read and, uh, and you know the idea. But of, we heard that you were interested. <clears throat> you were fucking psyched. I mean, I, like, you know, what? I love comedy, yeah. I, and I and I and it's funny. I, I've, I mean, I'm I've excelled in in the co- comedic roles I've played, but sure. I, I I rarely get cast in a comedic role. Well, well, I remember you because a lot of people say that. Like a lot of people say that that we talk to who want to be in comedy films, and you just get pigeonholed. You don't get. But I, I don't try to be things. funny. I yeah. just. But but you know you, you. I always play the character earnestly, and the, and the comedy comes out of that. You know, sure. whether, whether true I'm, lies or or, or, uh, or weird science yeah. or whatever. You know, those characters are dead earnest. You know, I don't like. 
I don't like comedy where the where the where the where the actor thinks he's funny. Yeah, you're winking at the camera. Or he's yeah. trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah. That just dies for me. That's me. Uh, <laughs> one of my one of my alt, one of my big heroes of comedy uh, was Woody Allen. Yeah. And one of the reasons I came to Hollywood in the first place was because I saw a movie called Play It Again, Sam. It you know what? Based on a play that he had written, and uh, the movie's great. He's amazing. There's a scene in Play It Again, Sam, which is one of my favorite physical comedy scenes don't tell me you know the one I'm t- with the blow dryer uh with the record oh <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? oh my god it's uh yeah, it's yeah. it's i mean i saw that it's for, for those of you who don't know play it again sam is about a guy who you know it's, it's woody actionist he's kind of a he's woody allen yeah, he's, he's woody neurotic slubby guy he's yeah in the yeah. date been left by his his lady he's in the yeah. dating scene again and he's a big he's a big fan of casablanca and he always has these visions of Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca giving him ideas of how to deal with women. And so it's like it's there'll great. be a scene where he gets, you know, he's sitting next to a woman. He's like, hey, what should I do? And then Bogey's in the corner. like, And he'll say, I never, I never met a dame that didn't understand a slap in the face or a slug from a 45. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great one. Anyway, there's a great There's a great scene. line in there after him. And it's, it's where I think he teamed up with Diane Keaton when they first worked together. And... Uh, there's a great scene where they they finally make love and it's 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 great and at the end they're smoking a cigarette and she says um, what were you thinking and he said well to be honest with you I, I was thinking about baseball it, it helps me last longer <laughs> and she said, and she comes in with a zinger she goes I, I, I wondered why you kept I wondered why you kept yelling slide. <laughs> Great stuff. I, I, I got I waited on uh, Woody Allen years ago in, in a bookshop. Well, it was after this. I, I came out shortly after seeing that film. I was 18 years old in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, I decided, that's it. I'm going to Hollywood. It was that movie and another movie that was a black comedy directed by Hal Ashby called uh, Harold and Maude. Maude. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. That's one of my favorites. Those yeah. two movies are the reason I came to Hollywood, which is something most people don't know, but or care to know but uh we care there were a lot of great movies being made then it's uh it's too bad there are not more movies like that being made and uh but which what, brings us back to sought out uh you come you came here and just sought out because of those movies you know trying I, to get i wanted to get into the movie business yeah. i didn't know if i wanted to act or direct or 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 what but i just i wanted to be a part of the business had, had you done anything like that uh, prior like had you been in high school plays i, I know you know it's funny because and we will bring it back to club dread i do remember <laughs> when we actually met on club dread we met down in mexico yeah and, and you walked into the restaurant we were having dinner and you had just arrived i remember a big storm that night there was there was Huge. a lightning storm and we were and you had come in on the on the airplane and like it had been a tough, a rough oh, landing for you. Scary as hell. Yeah, and you walked. In. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary, scary. You, I remember it's you came into the into the. Barbie, I'm having some trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay, Bill. And uh, you you walked into the restaurant. We were all eating dinner, and, we were, and they were like, "Senor Paxton has arrived." <laughs> and because uh, they had, I don't made, think it was quite that auspicious, but I, 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 no, I, I like they, it. I like oh my that. god, I they like sucked your senior. fucking dick so bad at yeah. that hotel. Oh, but so did we. God, I know Jesus. we did. But like, remember, like we Still didn't get sore. we didn't get shit. <laughs> <laughs> you showed like you showed up, and they were like, you, you were like, oh man, they got the chocolates in my room and a bouquet of flowers, and we didn't get any Is of that, that shit. shit. Yeah. Is, do I really basket? Give me basket. I don't have that. Like Ross Perot. God damn, that's just crazy. That's good. That's crazy. Well, you know who they. Uh, uh, we joked about this, but you know how the studios work. You know, it's like we heard that you wanted to do the movie, and we were fucking psyched. Psyched. 
And then the, the studio had to go through their list of people. You know what I mean? And the person that they wanted, you know who they wanted to be in the movie? Trust me. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, good They Lord. wanted him to play the part oh, Coconut to play, Pete, yeah, yeah, Coconut yeah. Pete. To play Coconut Pete. They wanted Ozzy Osbourne. We were like, what, are you fucking kidding me? Well, the problem with that is, <laughs> at the end of the day, you, you need an actor no to shit. play the part. No shit. Because there's comedic scenes, yeah. and you've got to... we like, Bill Paxton wants to do it. What are you talking about, Ozzy? It's because of that show, The Osbournes, was yeah. hot. At that's that hilarious. And that's why they wanted Because he had fallen that. over in his chair and was now a cult hero. Yeah. And so we're like, no, fuck that, man. Yeah, but we, when you, honestly, when you, when we found out you wanted to be in the movie, we were fucking psyched. Yeah. Like, we, like dancing up and down, like hugging each other. But again, I, I never got, rarely get the opportunity to do comedy, and here was this great character. He's this kind of, you know, Jimmy, the Jimmy Buffett thing. Buffett wannabe, P- Coconut Pete, and he'd written one song that it made him some money, and he bought this resort island. I love the setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember, um, the, we shared a, a huge pain in the ass in that thing, though. That, remember getting the hair extensions for uh, oh my God. Coconut Pete? That was... I had to do it. We both had long hair in the movie. And it looks my character idolized your character. <laughs> well, the funny thing was, I remember the hair going, extensions. I just drove up Pico to get here, which yeah. is a nightmare. I is, mean, that driving, so, is that why you're so gassy? Is dri- that- <laughs> dri- driving anywhere in this town is really, yeah, really yeah, impossible. But... Uh, I I had to. I, they sent me over to someplace, and this crazy guy was the hairstylist. He was like a Sean. Uh, uh. Sean. Yeah, yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked yeah, like yeah. a wolf. He, uh, yeah. yeah. He, he got air, air. Yeah. He talked out of the side. Of, I don't know what to do with your air. He yeah. was a crazy guy. I he mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. What, like, Canadian? French Canadian. He was yeah. a marine. I don't. Know I think he was. Know. No, he was. He was because he was talking about the Montreal Canadiens hockey team. Yeah. Well, whatever. But he sends me to some place down on Pico, and I. Didn't really. My hair wasn't really long enough for Mine hair extensions. Yeah, and I remember like I took a novel down there. I figured it's going to take a while. I was just going <laughs> to read while they while they messed with my hair. And and within about thirty seconds of them trying to put in the first extension, I was literally biting a towel. Yeah, yeah. It, it hurt so bad. Oh my god. Well, because the thing was the the problem was we were going to Mexico for three months, and they wanted to have like soup them in there like really. Really good, you know? Well, so they that? sent us to that place. Yeah, that was horrible. And I, I went to, because you went first, and you're like, oh, you're fucked. And I went, and I walked in there at like 8 o'clock and I, at night to some woman's apartment. No, that wasn't where I went. Well, that's because the, the shop that they did at, at, you had oh, closed. closed. So yeah. I had to go to her house, because you're the star. Me, I had to go over to the lady's house. I, <laughs> did, I walked out of there at 4 in the morning. It wasn't I walked out of there at 4, it was 8 hours. <laughs> it took lo- a long time for them to do me, too. And it puts your head in a shock. Like, you couldn't, I couldn't put my head down the pillow. When it was done, it was so fucking painful. It yeah. was. No, it you, was one guys, of the most. You guys both bitched of, about it for ten weeks. It, down was, in Mexico. it was. It was painful. Yeah. It was painful putting the damn things in. I'm glad I did it because it was. Yeah. I, I I couldn't. Have, I don't think it would have looked as good with a wig. I no. think that would have been a hassle. Like Jay wore the wig. <clears throat> Jay wore that big. But the wig. but the problem with all that was when we were down there, and I don't. How long did we shoot that? Like five weeks or something? Ten, uh, ten uh, weeks. Two months. Yeah. Two eight months. weeks. Eight weeks shooting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And but I remember. You know, we'd swim in the ocean every night and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after about a couple of weeks, you know, there were all kinds of stuff growing in my hair. And yeah. it was like yeah. But that was the, that was good for the character, though. And I thought I'd be able to take out the hair extensions at the end, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I had to just cut and cut my hair short to yeah. get get it out of there. Yeah. yeah, those things were fucking terrible. But, but they look great. They look good. They look great. <laughs> and by the way, you gave a good performance. But well, it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. I was always disappointed at the way uh, Fox Searchlight decided that they wanted to. Make Make the movie kind of scary and funny, yeah. which was stupid. Yeah. 
I mean, it would had you know the classic kind of Agatha Christie, Ten Little Indians kind of deal, uh-huh. where somebody's killing off the staff and and every and and to me those were just that was just a, a the plot was just kind of a classic tried and true plot, so that we could hang this comedy off of it. Yeah, they didn't know what they had. They didn't, they, they didn't know what yeah. they had. And uh, I don't know, that guy, what was his name? I don't want to go yeah, into names. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I just felt like they really miscued. And that happened to me on another film I did years ago called, uh, the hell was it called? The Vagrant, uh-huh. where Mel Brooks produced it. And uh, a guy named Chris Wallace directed it. He had directed The Fly, or he had done the special effects for The Fly, and they gave him a chance to direct. And it was always kind of, a, you know, a, um, what I call kind of a stylized piece where, you know, everything's a little bit heightened, but still believable. And then they decided they wanted to make a scarier movie out of it. Pardon me. I played a guy who uh, is kind of a yuppie guy. I'm glad glad that you said pardon me for your cough (laughs) and none of of your burps. Go on. (laughs) Well, that wasn't me. You're a polite person. That was was happening. Anyway, this thing, The Vagrant, was... um, I played a yuppie who buys his house and he's trying to impress his fiance. And there's a vagrant living in the vacant lot across the street. It was played by beautifully by Marshall Bell. And uh, this uh, this vagrant starts to drive this yuppie guy crazy. He he can't stand the idea that there's a homeless person living across the street. So he has tries to have the guy, you know, um, vac you know vacated and all that. And then and then the Marshall's character, the vagrant, decides to really teach this yuppie a lesson and, and ruins my life, basically. But uh, it was a similar situation where they got into post and... <clears throat> Pardon me. <laughs> they, uh, Our most polite guest, Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and again, you know, um, it's, it's so true. So many movies uh, get ruined... Uh, because they, 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 the tone is not right, yeah. mm-hmm. or they try to change the tone, or they try to change horses in midstream or whatever. And tone is, is very key. And so I ultimately, I have to say, I was disappointed in how they cut that together, Club mm-hmm. Dread. I thought there were a lot of great comedic scenes that ended up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Especially my scenes. Yeah, yeah hello. Yeah. <laughs> hello. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, there was there, there, there were a lot of, of there was a lot of great stuff. Yeah. And the I, first cut was three hours long. <laughs> well, it was it was eight reels. For those <laughs> I, mean, who, I mean, suddenly they're hanging on the the guy that was cast because he looked kind of good and he's out there. I know exactly who you're talking about. And it's just like, what the f is this guy? I mean, get this guy out of here. Yeah. 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 But um, there were some great people on on, uh, on that show, and uh, we had good laughs though. We had a great what, time. First, uh, you got to set it up for people. You know. Um, uh, we we shot at a beautiful resort that was called Tamarindo. Oh my goodness! I like the, I, go and uh, <laughs> and it was and I remember flying down there in a storm and getting down there. I forget who I flew down there. Did I fly down with? Uh, I, I uh, was already down. Jordan there, I think. or uh, no, no, no Brittany? not Jordan. Brittany. 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 Yes, Maybe Brittany. Brittany. Yeah. Brittany Daniel. Daniel. Brittany Daniel. What a what a great gal. Yeah. And, uh, and we're on the west coast. And of Jordan Mexico. Ladd. I yeah. mean these gorgeous gals. So we're down there, and I guess the I guess the the company <laughs> made made some kind of deal uh, because it was the off season or the hurricane season. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. it was and, hurricane uh, season, and it was post nine eleven. So uh, 
So uh, people didn't want to travel. They, they, they didn't want to fly. Yeah. So we got yeah. they got a good deal, but it was a it was a nice setup for for me as an actor. I mean, there I was. I had a bungalow, and we were all staying together. And yeah. I like to shoot on location. I feel like that's the best way for the the cast and the and the company to kind of bond and and have an experience. Yeah. It's a different experience when you you go home well, at, you go- at night at the end of the day. But that was the fun thing to me that you brought up because we weren't sure how to approach you at that because we didn't know you then right and there was one night where you were like hey let's work out the scene let's finish dinner and go over to the bungalow that we're shooting in tomorrow and we'll walk through the scene and that's what you said and we're like is that cool can we do that and you're like yeah let's go do it yeah so we we did that we did in the jungle and it was kind of a cool thing that you turned us on to was kind of let's go over and do these things right on the set and then you're so much more comfortable when you're shooting the next day. You it's know? a different situation. When, when you're shooting, I mean, you're up against the clock. You're up against the budget. There's a, there's a lot of pressure to get the shots. There's there's really no it, – it's too bad, but there's there's really no time to rehearse anymore. Uh, you know, you have to show up ready to go, and, and you're, you're kind of really rehearsing while you're shooting the master. And then by, hopefully by the time you get to the close-ups – You've got something kind of dialed in that you can kind of riff on. Yeah. It but sh- any time you can go and, and rehearse. I think it shows. I mean, you were talking about they don't make films like they used to, and it's the truth. And uh, there are a lot of reasons for that, and I do think one of them is the lack of rehearsal time and preparation. Because as an actor, truthfully, it's like, I mean, you know it. We all know it. After a, a day of shooting a scene, when you rap immediately you start thinking of all the awesome things you could have done. Uh, uh, Regardless, I I can't think of a job I had or a day of shooting I had where I had the same epiphany, driving back to the hotel or or a few hours later going, oh, God, I can't believe I didn't didn't see that. Also, because of the pressure, it it tightens you up in a way. If you have the luxury to, to... to get on the set before you have to shoot, like a night before, we yeah. can all just be kind of casual. It seems to me that um, my favorite quote is this, uh, theoretical insights flourish best when the thinker is apparently wasting time. <laughs> that was uh, Robert Oppenheimer, uh-huh. father of the hydrogen bomb. Hold, hold on, I'm jelking right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a lot of truth in that, and I, I, and I, and I always try to, to get a, to somehow get away get get a t- a moment before the, as a director I'll walk the set before the night before yeah and just be on the set by myself just so I can kind of just cuz you're in a relaxed state you're you're not you're not suddenly tight you're going to get ready to shoot in front of a camera I don't care who 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 it is you know when they roll that camera uh, there's a part of you that, that just tightens up. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just the law of the jungle. And that was difficult too. In that, in those scenes, it was good to go there the night before, and because there's so many characters. Like we're sitting in those scenes. There's like eight people in a room, you know. <clears throat> and from a directing point of view, from a from an actor's point of view, to figure out how to logistically move eight people around a room in a bungalow, it was fantastic to go there the night before. And try but to I, that I shit wasn't. Out. I didn't feel like I I had seen you know um, Super Troopers, and I, I which I thought was a very um, Accomplished piece of work. Yeah, and uh, well, we were green. I mean, we didn't. We were, but, but the nice thing was, we were, you, you had, were the expert. You had actually just, you had just come. I mean, you just finished shooting Frailty. Well, you had shot it; had been released, but like you were, your director chops had now really been honed. It's hard when you've directed and uh, to to kind of take a back seat. Sure, when you see something that's not being done efficiently, a bunch or, of rookies hanging out. Well, not really. I didn't. I, I think I felt like it was more a question of. 
getting that crew uh, in sync. Yeah, there were some problems. You guys knew. You know, you know, you know that I was, again, going back to the whole idea of a, of a comedy team, uh, was you guys – you guys could finish each other's sentences. You guys could riff off each other. I remember we. I think we did a. Uh, I think we did a read through down there one yeah. night, just kind of a casual do. And I, I was laughing my ass off. Oh, that's these, the these that's the beef. It's in. what for dinner's night. Beef. It's what's for dinner tonight. <laughs> right. that? Well, because we were so excited because you had worked with Sam Elliott. <laughs> well, I kept trying to find a voice for the character. You know, he had, a, he had to sound like he had some hard, hard. He, 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 you know, traveled some hard roads. And uh, I remember at the time Sam Elliott, who I adore. Mm-hmm. God bless Sam Me Elliott. Me too. God damn He's it. a man's man. Fuck yeah, he is. You know, uh, he's he's my man. I I gotten to play his uh, kid brother in Tombstone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I remember we were down in Tucson doing. That and I, I wanted. I just said to the costumer and the and the and the hairdresser and everybody, I just give me what Sam's got. <laughs> and, uh, but at the time, he had a a big campaign where he was, I guess, um, doing a voiceover for um, the Beef, the beef uh, Association the beef of America, industry. whatever it was. And he had this thing, Beef. It's what's for dinner. Yeah. And I just, it just to me, I just felt like, oh, that's it, Brittany. Yeah, she's what's for dinner. Yeah. Do you, we <laughs> spent we spent about three hours in the pool at night. Oh, that saying was that so. Shit. So every fun. day, whatever it was for so dinner, much every fun. day. But do you remember? Do you remember one day we were on the set and and you were about uh, like two inches away from me and you go beef. It's what's for dinner, and I, and, I, and I looked down and you, you had your dick out. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do. I don't remember that. I do. I don't remember that. I do. I was excited though because I was you know like as a kid growing up you know watching in movies like for, like Weird Science. Was, I don't remember that. I was like holy shit! I never thought in a million years I'd be on set. Looking at Chet's dick. <laughs> I, you know, it was I, I'm, for I'm not really an exhibitionist, but uh, well, <laughs> that brought it out. I mean, that was you, what Club you Dread were. Was about, the though. truth is, on Club Dread, you were a method actor. You were in character as I Coconut kinda, Pete. I kind of went. I went. I, I definitely got off the boat and went into the jungle. You did. That, that was yeah. fantastic. I mean, you learned to play the guitar, right? Uh, well, a little bit. A little, or bit. at least wear it on your back. Yeah. <laughs> His favorite story. That's my favorite stories. Tell it. Tell it. Well, I, I I don't think anybody was there, but it was like Paxson would walk around with a guitar strung over his back. He got the shitty old guitar, I think, down in, in Manzanillo or somewhere, yeah, and he'd yeah, wear it strapped right. on his back, and he'd play around. <clears throat> and uh, one night, uh, he was walking. There was like this, um, you know, restaurant, and whatever, these stairs going down the restaurant, down the stairs, and it's dark in the back of the restaurant. And uh, if you were out there, you probably would have heard Paxson in the distance, somebody walking down the stairs, and then heard a thud, and then, ah! And then what happened was he tr- fell going down those stairs. His feet went under underneath him. He fell backward onto the guitar. Thank God. That and guitar the guitar saved, broke his fall, and he smashed the guitar. Life. That's true. I don't remember that. And you were like, God damn it, somebody put some goddamn electrical tape down on those stairs, would you? Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, the staff had all been given vacation for us to shoot the movie, so it fell upon deaf ears. No, we, we put the electrical tape down. Oh, the you're right. Yeah, but, but the other the other element to the story was uh, we got down there and it was just us and uh, I guess we I guess we came down a few days early to kind of do some rehearsals and get some costumes fitted and all that. But then uh, the company brought in how many uh, like sixty coeds from yeah from Mexico, yeah. Mexico City, City. Yeah. the company meaning us was that you guys <laughs> well because well, we had some crazy guy who was your production manager Rich what's his name Rich Perella yeah Richie yeah. Perella yeah. and yeah. Um, 
He plays the the banana, right? No, he's the pear. Yeah. Oh, he's the he's pear. The pear. Um, yeah. I'm Be the, happy I'm, in your I'm work, I'm the pear. banana. No, oh, actually, Jay's, oh, no, the Jay's the banana. <laughs> I'm giving you attitude. And, uh, but I remember all of a sudden these guys showed up, and they put them in town. There was a town, oh, I guess it was about a half hour's drive. Barra de Navidad. Barra de Navidad. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and they put them in some hotels, and very quickly it, it became a crazy scene. because Spring break. <laughs> People were partying and going crazy. I mean, I mean, art does imitate life, and on that film, it seemed like there was a lot of imitating of the movie. Well, because they weren't just any coeds; they were they were uh, Mexican girls, but they were well, they were international. But they, they were, were yeah. but they were cast. You know, like we went down there, and and, and for the casting process was you need to have an open mind. Well, I so didn't hear about this. It's yes. all it's all girls who would be willing to uh, be naked on screen. Yeah, show their boobs on screen, and so. All of them, they literally in the audition would just lift up their shirt, and so that's so you guys were down there doing that. But that's well, we went to Mexico City and did that. But yeah. I, I remember, I yeah. don't know anything yeah. about. But I remember being on the set, and like, uh, like I would do second unit stuff for Jay, and it's like go play this game over there, and the girls are all topless, and you're like, okay, but you have to go pick the topless girls, and I was like, ah, like uncomfortable about it, because you know, like women will get very uncomfortable, like. You got to tell he's going to be na- naked, right? So you walk up to the row of extras. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard of this. You walk up to the row of extras. There's like 30 extras there. And you're like, okay, um, who's willing to take their shirt off? And all of them in a second were like, I will. Boom. And they took their shirts off. They were definitely like, have of a European shit. slant. Absolutely. They were very, and very it made it very simple to do the thing yeah. you're well, We got open, open-minded women from, the, from Mexico City. Yeah. And the guys, I mean, but it seemed, but it was, it seemed oh, like. They would take it, their it pants a, off in a flash. It was an international set. I remember was. there was British, there was Italian, there was, there was Mexican, there yeah. was. Uh, what else? Uh, Texas. <laughs> what else do we have? I were a lot of <laughs> yeah, different people Texas. down people there. People from the world, man. It was a world, kind of a world thing there. <laughs> yeah. What about, uh, tell me about like that time, was it fun to to watch the movie with Buffett? Oh, yeah. Uh, tell me yeah, about that yeah, time. Yeah, well, the movie was all put together. and uh, It was an homage getting, to Jimmy Buffett anyway, your character. Yeah, I, yeah. I did an homage to, to, to uh, Jimmy Buffett. And uh, weirdly enough, I, I, knew one of his, I knew his sister, Lucy Buffett. Mm-hmm. She was a great friend, and and uh, I had done a movie called The Dark Backward uh, years before, and and she had worked on that, and we become friends, and and obviously the movie is a love letter from from me. It's an homage to to Jimmy and Buffett. us too, us too. I mean, that's the way we wrote the song. And we wrote the song yeah. and the whole thing, and 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 I love that. And I knew he was cool enough because you know, f- f- uh, imi- you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And I, I thought, well, gosh, you know, we, they were tr- trying to release this thing. And, and uh, I thought it'd be great to show it to Jimmy Buffett and see if he'd endorse it. And uh, and so uh, I took Jay. Jay and I flew down to West Palm Beach. Yeah. And we checked into the Breakers, this famous old hotel <laughs> down there. And we screened it in some mini mall. And we met up with Jim and we screened it. And he absolutely loved the yeah. film. He said, "We're going. To, we're going to take over the Cotton Bowl, and we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to fill the gridiron full of sand, and we're going to turn it into a giant beach party." That's because, what you know what? You should come out as Coconut Pete and bring your swag, and and we'll get you out there. And and uh, I was like, "Well, that sounds like a lot of fun." And um, did it And so he was. No, I never, I never did that, but. Uh, we but heard that, about that. Well, we were excited to hear from, that. Uh, from my, Jay told that me the was, story that Pat, yeah. uh, you sat next to Jimmy Buffett during the. And that was the the most fun that he had was to see you 
sitting next to Buffett watching the yeah, movie together. Yeah, I mean, I thought if nothing else, we could maybe get some PR out of it. Yeah. But but if not, it would just be a cool thing to, sure. to have done. Because there's that one, there's that particular part where you're like, you know, ripping into Jimmy Buffett. Your coconut Pete rips into Jimmy oh, Buffett. Oh yeah, he, like, son he, of a son oh, of a bitch. He, he was he that loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to. He said, "You got any coconut Pete swag? I can wear it in my concert." <laughs> you know, he was really really cool about the whole thing, and he's an interesting guy. You know, people think of him oh, as yeah. a guy that sang Margaritaville, but guy's a pilot and he's, he's an entrepreneur he, well he, he he's a he's an author yeah. he, he's done everything yeah. he's an adventurer he's a very very cool cool individual do people uh ever come up to you and call you coconut pete no no <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you get the most you know to tell you the truth uh, there are those who know the the part and will remember me from it but uh i don't know i get different things do you remember um uh, giving me sailing lessons down in Mexico, I do. Yeah, because uh, do you, I, I'll, I remember giving Jordan and Brittany sailing? I lessons. bet you do. I, I bet, bet you, you I don't do. Really remember or do you remember Lemmy? It's what's for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you were like, hey man, I'm gonna go out for a sail. You want to go? And I was like, I don't know how to sail. And you were like, I'll teach you how to sail. You know, I had gone to like I, I said earlier, I had gone to camp when I was young on Cape Cod. I went to Camp Viking. Is one of these camps where, you know, my dad, I think he found it in the back of Sports Illustrated. It was one of these deals where you give us eight weeks, we'll give you back a man kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I remember going there when I was eight years old. <laughs> but uh, I learned, learned how, how to, to sail. sail. I learned how to sail there. And they had these great uh, sailfish, which are a lot of fun to sail. And um, I hadn't really done much sailing. To tell you the truth, I, I was falling back on on. on experience i'd had 30 years prior but it comes right back to it's kind of like riding a bus well do you know he didn't really i mean he tried to because what happened and you may have got kind of scared out there (laughs) i did did. well i have i have a thing called ictophobia which means fear of fish oh ictophobia and there were sharks there were sharks in that water right there off the beach yeah you got a little weird about that. i know and this is the same attitude we had i was like there's sharks, and you were like it's cool man just fucking (laughs) give them a little bonk on the snout they'll go right away but then do you remember you were like, all right, I'm trying to come about. Now you're going to come about. And like I did a thing, and the and the and I threw you off the boat. Yeah, I think the boom hit me in the head or something. <laughs> and you were and you were holding on by a string Probably. while this rogue sailboat was just fly- going out to deep ocean. You were like, do the thing, do the fucking thing. And like I was like, I don't know what to do. And I'm dragging you in Jive the boat. Ho. Do the thing. Yeah. I mean, no, he was saying what to do. I just don't oh, remember because okay, I don't okay. speak the, the okay. jargon. Okay, all right. How did you end up casting uh, Brittany Daniels and, and Jordan Ladd? Because they were terrific. We made them great. Movies. Brittany was the kind of thing where, like, we, we had, we read for that part, and we just needed someone who, I mean, we wanted someone to walk in who looked like a Had you seen her in something? Not necessarily, I don't think. No, I mean, she had been no. in a couple of things, but she walked in the room dressed as an aerobics instructor. And we were like, holy shit. I mean, she looks perfect, you know? If she can do it. And she nailed it. And she was funny, and she was a great actress. And so she was just, it was like one of those deals where she was a perfect person for that role, you know? Again, you know, she played the part. She wasn't trying to do anything yeah. to be funny or anything, but she was great. She and, was I, awesome. and I thought Jordan Ladd was terrific, too. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we did we know Jordan? Did you know Jordan? Lyon? No, no. But Jordan, uh, uh, Eric's wife, one of the, or, or oh, his fiance right. at the time, he was about to get married. Right. Uh, she was her manager. Her manager she right. was Jordan's manager, right. and she and Jordan fit the description. And so Jordan came in and auditioned, and was was terrific. What about the uh, funny story about uh, when Paxton wanted us to write a line for him? 
Remember that oh, story? Oh my god! Yeah, do you remember? Do you remember? No, uh, we were out in the graveyard. Remember that? And he's digging the grave. Yeah. Oh, I remember that yeah, scene. Yeah. I love that scene on the golf cart. Yeah, that one got about, cut. You yeah. Know, yeah, that's a great scene. To, to, yeah. uh, I think he's shaving a haircut. Shaving yeah, a haircut. Yeah. Two bits. But then you we're out seen, there doing it. Yeah, you're supposed. It's the line is you're talking about somebody who's dead, and you're supposed to say, "But he's he's dead as you know this guy's dead." And you were dead as a doornail. Yeah, and you came up to me, and you were like. Uh, you're like God. I want. I need to spice this line off a bit. Uh, what, what? What are you like? Dead as disco. Give me a line for that night. And, and I went like I went. Uh, and you were like, "Fuck. Where the fuck? Fuck that. Where the fuck is Hefman?" And you went look at you. Didn't, you, you gave me half a second to come up with a line. You're like, "Give me a line. Uh, where the fuck is Hefman?" And then he came over to me and he was like, "Hefman. Hefman. What? Give me a line for this." Like I was like dead as a. Uh, Doornail? Like, where's Tanner Sekar? Yeah. Jesus Christ! Where's yeah, Tanner Sekar? Yeah, yeah. And he had to go find. I think I went through all line. of you guys. He did. He just get, wanted a line. Did I ever get a line? I can't even remember them. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Um, do you remember the nickname we gave you down there? I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. I think he remembers it. I'll Don't you remember it? I'll give you a hint. Do you remember it? It's, do I look like I remember? No, it? no. But I'm going to give you a hint. It's the it's the same uh, thing that you had for breakfast every day of the shoot. <laughs> oh God! You gave me that nickname. I I don't know, but one we, of us did. We all I gave it to it you. It may have been me. I don't know. What was well, it? You seem to be the one who always stick it to me. <laughs> no, you're wrong, though. You're wrong. Here's was the, it you? Well, no, no. I no, think we, it was me. We all. Get, no, I, no, there were very few things you could eat that, that wouldn't give you like dysentery down <laughs> yeah. there. So. I remember. I think I, I, I became very fond of the pancakes. Yeah. That's right. You had pancakes. pancakes every day. You had pancakes every day. <laughs> After a week, we were like, "God, Paxton, pancakes are good." He loves pancakes. those pancakes. Was for dinner. We started calling you Pancake Paxton, and you yeah. never acknowledged it. Yeah, yeah you I always hated it. it. We, and we, that's we pancake. Where's you old pancake? You got to be careful with a moniker, and you got to be careful if you give someone a moniker because mm. they can stick. That's right, and uh, yeah. that, that we wasn't still, one I, I thought I thought I wanted to carry around. The we still call life. you that though. Yeah, pa- oh, you old pancake. Yeah. You talked old pancake not to my face. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, because you never liked it. Yeah, well, you'd yeah. always get a little upset about it. Uh, it became a game it, yeah. for us, though. We'd be, we'd try, like you know, when we'd be hanging out late, and we'd be like, "What's up, pancake?" And you wouldn't answer, <laughs> <laughs> and you get the look in your eye. Well, I don't know. By the way, the other thing, like the first night we met each other, I gave you so much shit, and you turned to me. We were, this is like within an hour of getting to know each other. And I said, "I'm gonna beat your ass." You say one more word. It was, actually, it was the other way around. You, you were like, uh, "You said, are you just gonna give me shit this entire time?" And I said, "I am." And you were like, "Okay, okay, okay." <laughs> it's what's for dinner. It's what's for dinner. We had a good time down there. Very good time. It was a wonderful time. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's move on a little bit. I mean, um, yeah, let's move somewhere. Let's move oh, on you, to you want to go someplace, Pax? No, I'll, I'll take you to time. heaven, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chew it. Oh, you want to chew it? Chew a little. Come on, Pax. Chew something, Bill. <laughs> Think about pancakes. <laughs> yeah, delicious with strawberries on them. And Miguel, the waiter, bringing them to you? I prefer um, the sushi by myself. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, huh? All right. Well, that's the end of part one of our interview and hang session with uh, with Bill Paxton. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We will bring you part two next week. And um, all right, just remind you one more time. Tonight, Baltimore at the Auto Bar. Tomorrow night, May 30th, Arlington, Virginia at the Arlington Draft House. Friday night, May 31st, Boston at the Royal Boston. Saturday, June 1st, Philadelphia at the Underground Arts and Sunday, June 2nd, in Brooklyn, New York, at the Bell House. Okay, tickets at heffordandlemmy.com. All right, folks, talk to you next week. Now leaving Nerdist.com.